Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on March 12, 2023, on the basis of John chapter 4, verses 5 to 26, and verses 39 to 42. I don't think it would be news to anyone here uh, to, to hear a stat quoted like this, that uh, over 50% of Americans would say that they are lonely or that they have felt lonely in the last month or so. There are, are tons of different studies out there uh, about this and, and a ton of different studies that would kind of fall along the same line. They would come to the same conclusion that Americans now are lonelier than they have, they have ever been. And, and that, uh, that number, that 50% number actually uh, rises quite a bit if you're, you're talking about some of the, the younger generations. So people have asked, why? <laughs> why? Why are people lonely? Why are they lonelier today than they were uh, five years ago, 10 years ago, 50 years ago? Well, maybe the answer would be they weren't doing studies like that back then. <laughs> um, but people have tried to give a, a couple different reasons, possibly, uh, of what's contributing to this loneliness epidemic. Uh, some will blame uh, social media. Um, they'll say that, that people are looking for meaningful connections through a medium that does not provide or produce meaningful connections. Uh, some others will, will kind of blame the busyness of our world, that our world is busier and faster paced than it has ever been before, and people don't have unhurried time. They don't have unhurried time to uh, make a relationship, to maintain a relationship, or, or to foster a, a, a meaningful connection with, with somebody else because that, that takes time, right? Others uh, today will, will point to COVID and say uh, that that kind of changed the game on, on everything, that there are some just, just, just some different realities today than there, there were um, four years ago, right? Uh, no doubt those are all contributors. Those are all factors to the loneliness uh, epidemic that we're facing. Uh, but I think loneliness, uh, and maybe you agree with me on this, loneliness is a, a little bit more of a complex issue than, than some of those uh, reasons uh, reveal. Because someone could be in, in a room full of people. Someone could actually have a fair amount of friends, but still feel lonely. They could be in a crowd full of people and have friends and still feel lonely because on some level they feel misunderstood. On some level they feel like people know facts about them, like they maybe know where they're from, they know some of their interests, but they don't really know them. They don't really know who they are. I kind of have a feeling that this, this woman, a Samaritan woman, that she felt alone she had made all kinds of decisions that had ostracized her uh, from her community um, in, in Sychar. And, and she was surrounded by people, but she felt like no one really understood her. They knew things about her, but they, they didn't understand her. And that was probably true because I, I think a community, that, that community in Sychar probably thought they did know her. I mean, she was the, the woman that had the marriage record in town, married five times, and the guy she was now living with was, was not her husband. They, they thought they had her pegged. 
And that sort of reputation that this woman had had in this community in Sychar, it didn't, it didn't win her many friends. Um, it didn't win her much honor or respect from her community and amongst her peers. And so as a reaction to that, she just kind of tried to, tried to avoid her peers. It's maybe not something that you'd, you'd catch in the text itself, but if, you'd, if you were to look at a, a map of Sychar in the middle of Samaria, um, you, you would see that there's Sychar, and outside of the town of Sychar is Jacob's well. It, it's a decent walk from the town to Jacob's well. And actually, there was a well that was a whole lot closer for the, the people to, to go to and to draw water from. Now, I don't know if you've hauled water before, um, especially big buckets of water. Uh, your strategy probably is to go to the, the make, make the closest uh, uh, trip, right? You don't want to travel too far carrying big, heavy buckets of water. This woman had jars. They were probably really big, right? Um, you'd want to make it as easy on yourself as, as possible. But she didn't go to the closest one. She went all the way out to Jacob's well, and it wasn't because she wanted exercise. It's because there, there normally wasn't as many people or any people out at Jacob's well. She wouldn't have to deal with the people giving her a judgmental glares. She wouldn't have to deal with uh, the people speaking gossip behind her back. She could just draw her water in peace and that there would be nobody there, and, and she opted for that. But she did run into somebody. And perhaps that surprised her, right? Um, it was a man, and his name was Jesus, of course. And she was surprised, perhaps, that there was somebody there, but she was even more surprised when this man started talking to her. After all, she was a Samaritan woman, and Jews did not talk with Samaritans. She noticed that he was a Jew, so she didn't expect him to say anything, and, and lo and behold, he did. And he asks her for a drink of water, and then he starts talking about something called living water. He says this, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Now, Jesus is, is probably starting to confuse this woman a bit. Um, living water, what's that supposed to mean, first of all? And, and Jesus is offering to give her some water, uh, but he is standing by a well, and he has nothing to draw water with. She had brought jars. She had brought stuff to draw water with from the well. He's standing there with nothing. How is he going to give her living water? So he goes on. Uh, Jesus goes on. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now Jesus is speaking this woman's language. She is starting to get a sense of relief. I don't have to come out to this well to draw water anymore because I'm not going to get thirsty anymore. This is going to be awesome. I don't have to take these big jars, haul them out way outside the city to draw water and then haul them all the way back and do that on a consistent basis. She had gotten so sick of that chore. Jesus has come, away, come to take away that chore for her. And she wants that living water. So she never has to be thirsty again. So she says, sir, give me this water. Jesus has piqued her interest here, right? Jesus knows this woman. He knows everything about her. And so it's no accident when Jesus kind of changes the subject a little bit. And he says this, go call your husband and come back. 
I have no husband, she says. Jesus says to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man that you now live with is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. She's been exposed. Here she went all the way out to Jacob's well to get away from stuff like that, right? She went all the way out to Jacob's well so that she would be in a place where no one knew her, where no one would, would judge her, where no one would whisper behind her back, where no one would, would bring up all of these decisions that she felt so guilty about. But no, no, no matter where she goes, it seems like she can't escape those bad decisions that she had made. It seems like wherever she goes, she can't really escape her life. I kind of wonder if you or I were standing at that well with Jesus, what would he reveal about us that would maybe catch us off guard a bit? Maybe you're a little like this Samaritan woman and you feel like those things have already been revealed in your life. People know about those things in your life, but, but maybe you're not. Uh, maybe some of those things are, are things that no one knows about, and you're, you're kind of trying to keep uh, hidden. And as badly as you want to be understood by others, as badly as you want to be known by others, there's just some things that you don't want anyone to know about you. Jesus knows those things, and that's terrifying. You cannot hide anything from Jesus. But look at that Samaritan woman one more time. We included verses 39 to, to 42 in this section because the Samaritan woman leaves Jesus, the, the conversation ends uh, after he tells her he's the Messiah, and she runs back into town and she finds a group of people gathered in, in Sychar there, maybe the market, something like that, where there's a lot of people there. And what does she say? She says, Come see the man who told me everything I have ever done. Why does she sound excited about that? Everybody knows what she's done. The whole community knows that she's had five husbands and the one she's living with is now not her husband. Why is she as excited that somebody has told her that? <laughs> well, uh, it, it wouldn't have been, this wouldn't have been a good thing. In fact, it would have been an embarrassing thing that someone told her everything that she ever did, except for one small detail of this story. The one who told her everything that she ever did was the Messiah. The Messiah who came to bring her living water. Not physical water that would quench her thirst, but, but living water uh, that was the gospel and all the blessings that come with the gospel. That's what he's talking about when he says living water. All the blessings that come with the gospel, like forgiveness. And this woman, she thirsted for that living water. She thirsted for that forgiveness. At this point in her life, she had only ever felt disappointment in herself over decisions that she made that she couldn't take back. At this point in her life, she had, she had only felt the, the, judgment, the judgment from other people in her life who were condemning her for the things that, that she had done. And, and to be fair, she had earned a lot of that. But now she was introduced to the Messiah. This Messiah who has come to earth to, to earn her forgiveness and to give her forgiveness free of charge. And because this woman knew who Jesus was and what he came to do now, 
It was good to be known by Jesus. For once in her life, it was great to be known and understood because Jesus didn't come to bring her judgment for her sins. He came to take them away. She knew it was great to be known by Jesus. And so she said, come see the man who has told me everything that I have ever done. That living water that that Jesus gives you, it creates something inside of you. He talks about it as a a wellspring, right? Where water keeps bubbling up, a wellspring that wells up to eternal life. And that wellspring is the gospel that that kind of does two different things for you. Here's number one. All of us, whether we know it or not, are walking around with a whole lot of guilt, and that guilt is heavy. That guilt weighs us down. That, that's the guilt over things that, that maybe no one knows nothing about. And, and Jesus says, I'll carry that for you. I'll take that guilt off of your shoulders. I'll forgive it. It's gone. That's the gospel. That's the wellspring that, that's springing up inside of you for eternal life. And it gives you relief. That burden has been lifted. Here's, here's number two. All of us, whether we recognize it or not, want to be better than the other people around us. We have this desire inside of us to be better than other people around us. And so that manifests in a couple different ways. Uh, we're, we're very quick to point out other people's faults, other people's sins. And the other way it kind of manifests is we hide our own sins. We kind of stick them in a closet over here so that no one hears about them. But Jesus says, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to pr- pretend to be righteous. You don't have to, to, to harp on other people's sins just to make yourself Feel better? Because you've been forgiven, and so so has everyone else. They've been forgiven. Their sins have been taken away. You now live in grace, not on the basis of your your works. That sort of spirit uh, believes with all of their heart that it is good to be known by God. And that sort of spirit creates a community of people that believes that it's good to be known by other people too where people don't try to leverage your sins to make themselves feel better about themselves. They just want to show you forgiveness. They just want to show you love. This this living water creates a a community uh, where we don't ostracize people because they have sinned, but we're eager, we're really eager to, to announce to them that they're forgiven, to keep reminding them that they're forgiven and that they're loved by God and loved by us. This is a forgiveness-driven community that this living water creates. It's a very gospely place to be. And that's a place of living water for a thirsty, thirsty world. You won't find other places like that. Only the gospel can create a community like that. This Samaritan woman, she, she runs into town and she tells all of these people, come and see Come and see the guy that, that told me everything I ever did. Now, chances are those Samaritans that came out to see Jesus maybe didn't have quite as public of sins as, as this uh, Samaritan woman. Maybe some of them did, maybe some of, them did, some of them didn't, but they were all thirsty for this living water. They were all thirsty uh, for, for the gospel and, and the forgiveness that comes with that gospel. They all needed this Savior, and that's what they got. It says, It says that these Samaritans, after talking with Jesus, they say to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you have said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world.
It is great to know Jesus. And because of him, it is also great to be known by Jesus. Hi there, Pastor Wilkie here. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Uh, if you like the content that we're putting out as a church, could you do us a favor and could you hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast? That helps us get seen by more people more often so that more people will hear about Jesus. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today and, and we hope you tune in again next week for another sermon.